0: On this week's episode, Mike and Tim sit down to discuss the 2021 shed season and how it can be a valuable scouting tool and lead to a successful fall.
1: Hey man. What's up? Mike and Tim here.
0: Yep. Yep. We are back in studio back after in, a little little break. Two little weeks. Break,
1: yeah, I got to give you a big congratulations. Uh, yep. New baby. New baby in in the in the Rust household. Uh,
0: eight days old. Little baby boy. Yeah,
1: that's pretty awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, it's two, been babies, a, uh, two baby boys running around now.
0: Two baby boys running around. Yeah, and I am uh, preparing myself to not have anything nice anymore.
1: Well, you're gonna get your payback.
0: No, that's I'm, for sure. I'm everything I own is, will be destroyed. <laughs> eventually <laughs> everything that i love will be ruined
1: hey again payback for you as a kid i was there when you were when you were little
0: usually and, uh, you were the one helping me destroy hey, everything I,
1: I i plead the fifth so, on that yeah
0: it's, it's been a uh, it's been a pretty crazy uh, eight days it's going to be i'm sure it's going to get even crazier with you yeah. as they grow up but yeah excited uh, couldn't be more excited to have another hunting buddy yeah join the clan yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah that's awesome and yeah. you know what now Feels good to be back in the studio. Feels good to be back in the studio
0: talking hunting. I haven't done, uh, my boys and I watched a little bit of elk hunting videos today, so I kind of got the itch going. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm now told the wife I got to buy some new gear. I'm Uh, sure she
1: was happy about that.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that was the right thing to say, but, uh. Especially after an eight-day-old baby. Eight-day-old baby, and I'm, all we're doing is watching hunting shows all day, and, uh. (laughs) <laughs> just just living, yeah. yeah it's, put, uh, putting a gear list together. Putting a gear sure. list together, yeah. Getting yeah. ready for our uh, our 2021 elk hunt. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Well, you know, here we are, 2021. We're first part of March, and we're coming up to shed hunting season,
0: which is kind of new for us. I mean, we we've, yeah, we've deer hunted forever, but we've never really gotten the itch to shed hunt.
1: I'd say it, the itch for us really started two years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean we've we've had a lease. You know, oh. we've had a lease in uh, south-central Wisconsin, uh, west-central, uh, whatever, um, for five years now. But we really didn't shed hunt it. I mean, we walked it. We walked the property, but we weren't, like, concentrating on shed hunting. If you happen to find a shed, oh, yeah, pretty that's pretty cool. Awesome. But we but never took trips solely for the purpose yeah. to shed, shed hunt and winter scout. We yeah. would do winter scouting, but we weren't looking for yeah, sheds.
1: That's exactly. And, and that was the, the cool thing about it. Like I said about two years ago, we we kind of got into it a little bit more. Last year, we really got into it and hit hit the ground hard, looking physically, just going out looking for sheds, and we were successful.
0: Yeah, we had, I, think I think
1: we found. I mean, we we shed hunted one property,
0: one property for a couple a couple different times. And I think we, I know, we had a, six or seven was, sheds. Yeah. Um, we found our target our target buck. Um, the buck that Tim had an encounter with this year, we had found his sheds from 2019. Um, they're big. We knew Tim and bot, Tim and I both had an opportunity at this buck in 2019. Um, I never had a good shot. Tim never had a good shot on him. Um, and we think we, he was in the mid-150s yeah um, and uh and that helped sheds, yeah. that really helped us they kind of well we were excited anyway yeah i mean, I mean just finding a shed is fun. Finding, finding a shed is fun but finding the sh- the shed of your target buck but those and big that, ones are the
1: easy ones to find yeah yeah <laughs> le, yeah that, that's
0: no joke either um well knowing that he's still alive and that we're gonna have an opportunity at him for the 2020 season was fueled the fire yeah yeah, yeah really for good. sure for sure and, it was uh, it was a lot of fun i mean yeah, that was my really my first big foray into shed hunting.
1: I would say me too. I you know I've been an outdoorsman for a long, long time, but just something about that March time, I just I never took advantage of getting out and shed hunting, and I'm glad that I started because it's it's a ton of fun. It's a good time to get with your buddies and just you know walk the woods and put miles on and break in gear
0: i mean if that if there's you
1: got new boots to break in it's that that's the perfect time
0: to break in new gear and test out gear new packs new like we brought our elk packs out um just to wear them just to wear them and our elk hunting boots to to break them in and and it's just you know you can test out some new fun stuff and um and we kind of look it's a camaraderie thing um
1: but but what it really turns into a lot of times is we're shed hunting but at the same time we are it's a scouting mission.
0: It is a hardcore scouting
1: mission. We, we use the shed hunting excuse to get out, and, you know, we're, we're still looking for, for sheds, but what we're doing is we're taking that time. You know, the snow is melting. There's not a lot of snow on the ground. You can really see the defined trails, we're, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're really picking out some of the core areas that we may have missed in years past that we think some of these big bucks are, are going into.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to, you know, we we spend some time down there during the winter, um, you know, doing maintenance and stuff during the winter. Um, but then it's it's interesting to see where those winter trails are. And once those start to disappear, do those also, cor- you know, correlate to where the dirt trails, you know, the tr- trails that are beat down into the mud, they get muddy. Um, do those correlate? Because, you know, the deer patterns change based on season and based on food sources and, you know, what pressures they're having from hunting season and when hunting season's done. Um, so it's really kind of interesting for us to see how our stands are set up. You know, is it just a late season stand, gun stand, um, or is it a stand that's going to work all year? So we've used that information to really dial in our stand location and then know when those stands are going to be hot.
1: Yeah. And again, we've, come across just complete new areas that we have overlooked, but you go in there and you're shed hunting, and all of a sudden you find a rub line. And so you know that there's mature deer crews in those areas, and it, it just gives you a whole new zone to to try to figure out. And it can kind of lead, you know, for me, the information that I took last year on where we found Flyer shed. Flyer was the big deer that the big buck, yeah. The big buck that was on our property where we found his shed. Um helped us narrow down his travel corridor. And really did. And I think it it really translated into 2020 hunting season because we really knew the core area that he was using. And we have one of we have a property that it doesn't hold a lot of bucks in the summertime. It doesn't hold a ton of deer in the wintertime. But when their rut comes around, we just have a property that lights All up. All the deer. It, we just have a ton of bucks that show up for the rut. And Flyer, he was pretty consistent from year to year. Yeah, uh, I mean,
0: it was the same stand back-to-back year that, I, I, I guess I saw him in a different stand that was, you know, so Tim said a particular stand, saw him two years in a row out of that stand, um, our buddy Bill saw him out of that same stand Tim was mm-hmm. sitting in. Um, Bill had already tagged his buck as the, you know, the, a couple minutes prior to flyer walking in front of him at 20 yards and sitting there breeding deer. So um, I sat way probably goes. 120 <laughs> yards along a, you know, narrow strip of woods. That's kind of in between. It's some a pinch c- point. It's, a pin- it's between some CRP and the road. Um, it was about 150 yards wide, and that's kind of a – little chunk of woods that we heavily hunt during the rut because we know that
1: and shed shed hunting helped us narrow down that, that that was an area that we were that we were overlooking and even where we found flyer shed
0: was not a place where we had to stand no
1: i mean we really we didn't hunt that area we didn't think much of it but when we went in there shed hunting it was just the light bulb clicked and it was like we need to be in this area and um We actually put a stand in there for 2020, Mm -hmm. Um, had some really good encounters, not with flyer, not with our big one, but with some really solid deer.
0: I, uh, I I sat that stand and I had my biggest archery buck come out in front of me, um, hot on a doe and never gave me a, 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 what I would consider an ethical shot opportunity, just quartering at me, um, stopped quartering at me pretty hard, looking right at me and then running away and I'm never going to take a running shot. It's, I don't i don't see the the value in it and possibly wounding a deer so uh, that was yeah that was a that was the first time i'd ever sat that stand um that morning and i sat that based off of the information we got during shed, shed season scouting
1: because yeah, when we went when we went in there in 2020 the spring of 2020 it would yep. have been you know end a of year March. ago yeah, yeah a year ago um it was just I mean, there was rubs, there were scrapes, we there, found
0: flyer shed, and then we also found a nice mainframe ten a, pointer would have been
1: a mainframe ten point side, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I'd say one hundred and thirty inch ten pointer yeah, about forty yards forty from that yards stand. from each other, yeah, from 40, each other though, yeah,
1: very close, and pretty much in the same strip of Woods, pines. Yeah. yeah it's a it's a hard you know, there's probably fifteen year old pines
0: row pines planted Roll pines. by the the owner,
1: yeah, and um. They were right on the edge of that. And it just, again, like I said, it we went in there and it clicked.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the, the information that we've gathered from shed season um, has been absolutely invaluable to our property and uh, making us more successful. Um, you know, what we do in March, April, when we're out looking for stuff absolutely makes us more successful in September, October, November. I I would there is some caveats to that you know you need to know what you're looking at it's really important when you're out there you know you see a rub you need to be able to differentiate between a rub from this year and a rub from last year because that can mean something um you know if you see a whole bunch of rubs from last year and you're not seeing anything from this year yeah then those deer moved for a reason now what is that reason is that reason food source related is it weather related um whether you know was there logging in a certain area that you know that they rerouted their travel path so it really is important to let know what you're looking at um from year to year from year to year and then that you can kind of um you know for instance if if you notice that you have rubs from two years ago and there happened to be a plot that was planted you know a neighboring farm had corn up and then the next year was beans and you didn't get a lot of stuff well maybe that's a correlation hard to know but
1: and, and, it, and for something like that for me i don't just make a mental note i go home and i write that down yeah i've got this I've little um right almost, in the rain
0: book yeah. it's actually it's called a write in the rain book that when i um i will mark down like if we see a, a scrape or something i'll mark down where obviously where it is you know based on the nicknames we have for places yeah, we got and a lot of nicknames for a places. a lot of <laughs> nicknames i the, the date that i found it um whether it's active or not and then like if there's a, the nearest food source mm-hmm. so like if it's corn or beans because we have a lot of farms around us and and they do rotate their crops pretty frequently so it's really important to know what's driving the deer to that location
1: and i i would say one of the spots on the you know on the far west side of our property 3 years ago the neighbor had corn and that was always it was a rut zone there was always deer going in and out of there well the last 2 years he hasn't planted anything in that anything, field it's been and, wild and it's just it's just grown up into Basically a hay field with nothing really that great in it for the deer to eat.
0: It's a great turkey field.
1: It's a great turkey field. Yeah, we've killed some birds out of it. But but it didn't
0: lead to a lot of... uh,
1: We still had had bucks and we still had good bucks over there. But you could tell that that area, it wasn't as hard of a rut. And I think it has a direct correlation because there wasn't a main food source there. And percent so, so those deer were they were still moving through there and still running through there but the rut activity was even down there was less scrapes than normal there was less rubs than normal it was just down now i mean you can still kill deer out of those stands our buddy killed a really nice one out of uh out of that stand in 2019 yeah so I mean, it can still happen oh yeah um but it just wasn't as predictable and it wasn't as hot as it normally would have been during the rut
0: i mean that that stand there it's a huge patch of roll pines and um you know the first three years we had that um that the property um it was one of our best areas it's a really hard area to hunt because you're hunting in roll pines um and we have a tree set up a tree stand set up kind of in like the only non-pine tree with this little opening where trees didn't grow and i mean your shooting lands are super tight. But it's um, a good spot. It's a great spot. Um but I mean things are quiet and it's it's one of those spots that we make a lot of mental notes of of what the neighbors are planting or what they're doing because mm-hmm. that does affect how that stand hunts. Like they're this year I don't we didn't really hunt it that hard almost at all. We hunted it um, but we kind of hunted the edges of that spot because th- we noticed that the deer were kind of moving
1: Yeah, again it wasn't as hot as it normally would have been during the rut so you know, using your most recent information, you know, knowledge is power type thing, we kind of, we we still hunted it, had some opportunities there. Um, none of our really, our big, big ones went, were cruising through there, um, unfortunately. But, you know, we, we were still able to use it, but we just took what we knew, and we took what we knew from years past that, hey, if there's no food here, they transition to the, this area. And, you know, all that information was from Shed hunting,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it's and, and then we kind of use like you know when the snow starts to melt a little bit. Um, where we are in Wisconsin, we have to deal with snow, and we have to deal with some years huge snowpacks. Some years like this year was not a huge snowpack.
1: Actually, wasn't bad. It was fairly mild. We we got some really cold weather. We got some
0: really cold weather, which uh, which affected the deer. I don't think we had a lot of
1: die off from it, but
0: we had a couple ten days where it was. I think the high was five below. Um, we had some nights 30 40 below so we had some pretty wicked weather but the snowpack
1: um, wasn't too bad though no
0: the snow but what we do what, what you can do is you can use you know those first uh, two weeks after the snow kind of starts to recede enough where you can see the dirt trails um, you can kind of tie in um, rubs to also ground scrapes because the you know none of the stuff has started to grow back you should have nice if it's a if it was a really active scrape You'll have nice you'll have the dirt you'll have some it. nice you know dirt patches or, or at this point probably mud patches mm-hmm. um and they're very very well defined and we've used that information um because we find that our scrapes are a lot more on our property are a lot more prevalent than rubs um and we use that that information to really hunt certain areas at certain times like we have one called mega scrape that
1: I mean, it's the size of a dinner table. It's the size of
0: it. It's enormous. and A lot of know, people
1: consider it a communal scrape. It is a
0: communal scrape. We uh, we have, uh, well, that's one place, we have uh, one of our cell cams over, and and we uh, we gained a lot of information over that scrape. Uh, we found it in the, 20, like, 2018.
1: 2018 shed season.
0: Shed season, yep, we found it. Uh, one of our, like, used little walk-arounds in early 2018, and then I shot my buck out of that, the stand closest to that, In the fall of 2018. Yeah. Um, So, you know, that information we used absolutely helped us. I mean, we knew kind of what they were doing when they were coming and going um, based off of the camera over that scrape. So it's important to know where your scrapes kind of where they're going to be. You can't ever predict it, but if you've got a big scrape like that, that's...
1: Yeah, they're usually... Big scrapes like that are usually year after year because they're communal. There's going to be a deer that opens those communal scrapes up or you can um, help open it up too yeah mock scrapes whatever it may be um you know you you will see kind of your one-off scrapes as well mm-hmm. um that you know it's probably one buck using it um compared to those big ones um but yeah you find a lot of that information just walk in your woods looking just for walk sheds. in the woods yeah. yeah
0: and then you know not only but when you're when you're shed hunting you can get an overall kind of deer herd health Kind of, you know, you can find yeah. out what deer made it. What do you, you know? Maybe I mean, if you start to, for the to, most part, you find sheds, you know, you know, sheds, if you if know if you, that that deer made
1: it. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like if they made it through winter, odds are that that buck made it. Um, if At least where
0: we it, are in Wisconsin, we don't have a lot of.
1: I mean, um, there's there's factors that go into it. He can be hit by a car. Yeah, yeah. Coyotes could run him down for whatever reason, whatever it may be. But you know, if you're finding the shed from him. of the time he's going to make it to to be huntable in the fall
0: yeah and then you know kind of butting up to that um we also use this time to kind of really plot out what we're going to do from like a food source because we do put uh, we put do do put food plots on our property um and we kind of use that information that we get from trail locations um Scrapes, rubs, funnel locations, funnel locations points, yep, all that stuff. To what we're gonna do for a, a food plot, um, kind of from, from a food plot perspective, which is as a group, our hunting group, which is stuff we're literally talking about right now, all the time, all the time. It's it's <laughs> what uh, March second, and yeah. we're like we just started do, planning out our food plots, uh, which we'll probably talk about later. I'm guessing, but um, which we're you know we're doing we're using the information that we're getting from being in the woods to talk about. Okay, well you know we we put beans and we put alfalfa out how did that change the deer movement and what are we seeing from a trail kind of perspective um you know we put a lot of beans out this year and I would say from a deer number perspective
1: I I think we were up from a buck perspective I think we were were I mean we shot
0: we had five shooter bucks we've killed five shooter bucks this year
1: yeah and the number of Two-and-a-half-year-olds that we had increased. I mean, just the overall number. We, we always had a lot of deer on the property, but we usually had.
0: A lot of does. I mean, it's a lot of yeah, does. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of does, but we usually had two th- to three shooters that would come through during the rut. Mm-hmm. It was pretty normal for us. This year, like Mike said, we put in a lot more beans. We had a lot more shooters around. And so is that a direct correlation, or was that a happenstance? So
0: this, We're using the information we're getting right now. To try to see you know we we obviously know what we put in the years past now how did that you know and we walked those same same food plots in the winter and how did that how did the deer post hunting season how did their movements change um were they hitting our food um or were they going other places because if you can keep the deer there during the winter and feed them there's a there is a chance that you could have more resident deer um, staying on your property, and we have uh, we happen to have water on our property, which is a huge benefit. Um, so we kind of have everything they need on our property. We have a lot of you know bedding area. We have a lot of food. We have water. Um, so we kind of use the information that we're getting this time of year to um, determine what we're going to do from a food perspective. Um, and
1: just what we're seeing for buck activity, you know, when we're walking in the late March early spring, we're walking looking for sheds and. All of a sudden, we see a fresh rub line along a bean field or along an alfalfa field that was
0: not there the year before. Yeah, that
1: wasn't there. We know that. Okay, maybe it has something to do with the food source. So let's plant the same thing, see if it happens again. If if we're able to do that, you know, yeah. depending on the ground condition and everything like that. Um, but it really helps you narrow down certain areas that you know you need to concentrate in, and whether that's with a food source or hanging a tree stand.
0: Yeah, I mean, that—that that, absolutely right. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: And, you know, one of the other things that I really, really like to use shed season for is either looking at a new property. So if there's a property that I'm thinking about um, hunting on that year or I got permission to hunt it, shed season's a good time to get out and just take a take or a, a, a new
0: ch- or a new chunk of public
1: or a new chunk of public it's let's say you're you know you're doing your e-scouting and you find a cool piece of public land that you want to get back into go in there during this time of year and just see what it tells you because it's hard to it's hard to wait until midsummer to go in there and look because you're not looking at the same things that you would in this time of year because this time of year is the closest it's going to look like to fall
0: a hundred percent. I mean, you with may the
1: trail usage,
0: you can say, okay, I'm going to set up, you know, in the summer, this tree looks absolutely perfect. There's good coverage on it. And then you go back there in the fall to set up, you know, for your, you know, your rutcation or whatever. And there's absolutely no leaves on that tree. You know, there, it does not look like how it did in the summer when you were there and you realize that that area is probably not going to be successful or right you're, you're, maybe
1: that's their summer area maybe that's their summer and that, yeah and when you go in there in the summer that's that's what you're looking at well when you go can go in there in late march early april the the rubs still look fresh they're they're not grayed out like they do after about a year year and a half um so they still look fresh so you're you're using a lot of very valuable information when you're looking at new properties just by by doing that and by shed hunting
0: absolutely yeah i mean Tim and I grew up hunting on public land. And, you know, I would say that's probably the one thing that I wasn't as successful as a hunter as I could, could have been, probably because I didn't use my time in the woods as, um, you know, growing up, you know, my dad wasn't a super, super big hunter. He, he introduced me to it. He got me the things to get started with it. Um, but it wasn't his passion. He knew that it was my passion. Um, so it was one of those things that, you know, when we had time, we did it. Um, and as I got older, it, it's not something that carried with me until later in life in the last 10 years, I would say. Um, but I would say that that's one thing that, you know, kind of having this lease property has really taught me is that you need to, uh, hunt deer hunting. is not a, uh, two month or a nine day thing. If you want to be a successful hunter, uh, you really need to put in the work. 365. You need to put in the work Just around ask my wife. Yeah. You need <laughs> to put in the work all year, um, to, you know, to really make the,
1: Make the best of your fall. Yeah, make the best of your fall. hundred percent. And the nice thing about getting out and shed hunting, you can do it with your kids. You can you can take the family out in the woods for a, an afternoon or a morning or whatever it may be, and just walk your areas. And it's a great way to introduce kids to the outdoors.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we use it as a like I said, we use it as a huge camaraderie thing. We get a, we usually get a bunch of guys that, uh, guys and girls that aren't part of our property from a hunting standpoint we all get together and we walk and we you know bring a grill and you do all that kind of stuff and it's just a really great opera yeah like tim said it's a great op- great way to get your kids in the outdoors um but it's also a great way to like introduce your significant other to what you do uh, for instance my wife is she's not an anti-hunter by any means but hunting is not her thing and you know but she does enjoy getting out and hiking around in the woods and looking at stuff so it is something that she enjoys doing um maybe not eight weeks or eight days you know <laughs> post baby but um in most years it's definitely something that she enjoys and she'll come out and do with us and yeah um it's a, just a it's a really I, I think you know since we've started to do it pretty hard um shed season is almost as much fun as hunting to me yeah. it's uh, it's like you know find that white gold
1: it's exactly finding that white gold and just finding the new for me it, for me the best part about shed hunting is finding the new information that wasn't there the year before or that we missed the year before um, and, and translating that into making me more successful for the next year.
0: I'll say that we used in 20, we went a year ago shed hunting. There's a spot that we had a stand in. Um, it was kind of on, the, on a knoll that overlooked, you know, on, a, on the top of a spine uh, coming off another uh, roll pine patch. Um, and we had a stand there. Nobody really hunted it um so we took that stand down we moved it a little ways away no one also really hunted that stand either um but we went shed hunting which wasn't very
1: smart on which our wasn't
0: part. <laughs> probably wasn't yeah that may, it either tells you that we hit one or two stands too much or we have too or many we many have stands. too many stands which i'm gonna probably I'm gonna go with say the ladder we probably have too, too many, many stands. stands although but if my wife's listening i probably need one more tree stand
1: we always need one more. You always need
0: one more tree stand, yeah. So um, we used, we actually found a couple of pretty good sheds right in that same area. And that's one thing Tim and I did is we put a, we put that tree stand back in that same tree um, this year. Actually, this pretty late this fall. We put it back.
1: Yeah, we actually, so what happened is we were up in one of the tree stands that you can, you can see the tree that we, you can almost see the tree that we had a stand it's in. Probably it's probably 150 across, yards away. It's across a basin, down and up a,
0: a ravine. Yeah,
1: and there were some there were some bucks cruising over on that other on that other hillside. In we where.
0: slapped a cell camera up there, and the I would say that within the first and this was this was in season that we did it.
1: Oh, we did we put a stand we put the stand in
0: mid October October
1: like 25th.
0: Yeah, so we had. And it was one of those things where I think one of us was sitting in this stand and somebody heard a a really what sounded like a really deep grunt and saw a flash of horns on the top of this ridge that they were convinced was one of our big ones, so we snuck back there, put a cell camera up and within
1: super quiet, super stealthy, just quick in and out
0: yeah, within twelve hours when we put that cell camera up, we had two new two new bucks that were that were shooter bucks um Plus the, our big one. Plus our big big flyer. One, flyer. Um so Tim and I snuck back in there through a stand up and I hunted it a couple times. Um I saw a couple really nice bucks, but none of our really big ones. And and that's how it works, right? You put a you can have all the sign in the world, see all the deer on the cameras. The it's minute you go see,
1: it's amazing how smart they are.
0: Yeah, you minute you go sit in that stand, uh, they just happen to disappear. So uh, we definitely used information that we got from Shed Season. We we saw we found sheds, found good sign
1: because yeah, we found some sheds actually within like 30 yards of within that within 30
0: yards of that stand. Yeah, so we put us st- put that stand back up probably too late. We probably should have put that stand up much sooner. Um, but
1: we we, we were th- still kind of on the fence about that stand because we had a stand there before I mean, to this
0: day I think we're on the fence about that stand because we still
1: are but it's it's just one of those spots. I, I one of these days somebody's gonna connect out of it because it's just a good spot.
0: I know it will not be me, but it
1: won't be me either.
0: I did help hang the stand so i am part of whatever harvest happens out of that <laughs> cool. stand
1: do i get to take credit too yes then? I, do. I helped on that yes.
0: too so i mean and that's kind of the the, the thing you the thing that you know if i was going to say there one big takeaway is you can use shed season as such a great scouting tool i mean it is i would say it's as valuable as the our trail cams and we really use our trail cams yeah as our as our you know we don't have endless time to get down get down to our property and and uh and hunt um so we really use our our trail cameras as one of our main scouting tools but we have learned to use uh, shed hunting hunting as it's almost as valuable i would agree with that as uh as our trail cameras
1: because it like i said before it's just very recent information that you're getting in in a setting that's very similar to the fall
0: and as with you know it I we probably I know I probably lean on trail cameras way too much. If you go in to talk to any, you anybody know anybody on our lease, anybody any <laughs> anybody that works at works with trail cameras or sells them for a living, they they'll tell you that they every no matter what it is what sell camera or trail camera does minus maybe Reconyx because Reconyx is far and away the best out there. Um, they don't miss photos, but almost every other one out there will miss a photo from here from from oh, yeah. every from time to time they'll whether miss a photo. it's a cell
1: cam or a non-cell cam, or it doesn't
0: matter um so i mean and they don't it doesn't tell the full story the deer walks behind the tree you mm-hmm. don't know but but when you're out there and you got boots on the ground and you're looking at trails and you're looking at rubs and scrapes and, and i mean that tells like that tells the full story of what's happening in those woods and and then if you happen to find a shed well then you know it's what's alive yeah it's you know what's alive as of that time
1: right one thing I, I would say that you ha- kind of have to be careful with on shed hunting is you don't want to, you still don't want to overpressure the property. And what I mean by that is it's it's a lot like hunting season where, there, you know, during hunting season, you're going to have a lot more property, but, or a, a, a lot more pressure on the property. But when you're outside of the season, you know, a lot of guys try to back off the pressure, keep those mature, those mature deer happy and comfortable same applies with shed hunting it's fun to get down there and do that whole thing but don't do it day after day after day in the same spot
0: yeah i mean especially for where we are um in a a very extreme climate condition um you know these deer just came out of in most years came out of 30 straight days below zero and they are um you know barely hanging on not not barely hanging on but they've been stressed i mean it was they've been stressed they're they're thinner than they most likely would be um where we are we're lucky that they have a lot of food and access to a lot of water but when you get up to these you know northern wisconsin northern minnesota when they're relying on wild forage um those those animals are 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 already pressured and they're already stressed and if you're in there running around and and you know, driving ATVs, which uh, we use ATVs, we use stuff. I'm not knocking that, but um, you definitely want to be weary of that. Is not stressing the deer out more than you need to be.
1: Just have to be a little bit careful, and yep. and you know, kind of plan your trips. Like I said, you don't want to go day after day. You know, we'll go down. We, we usually, usually try to get like an
0: eight-hour hike in. Yeah, and one usually, day
1: we usually do one day on one side of the property, just the way our property lays out. We do about a. 8-hour day on one side of the property and an 8-hour day on the other side of the property to help spread our uh, spread us out a little bit so we're not hitting everything all at once really moving those deer around um just kind of help make those mature deer if there's any left on the property help those mature mature deer feel safe.
0: Yeah. And I mean if you are hunting public um maybe maybe that's not your first concern um which I understand that. I mean if you're hunting public you're already it's already uh, you know, you're, it's, I would say you're at a disadvantage to somebody that is hunting private because other people are hunting it. So, uh, but use your e-scouting tools and and use all that stuff to get you in a good location and then use your shed hunting information to really hone in an area that you want to try. Um, and and when you're on public, I mean, any, any information you can get is, is really important. I mean, any
1: information that, other people aren't getting to when you're on public land. It's yeah, for sure. And there's just, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that go out and shed hunt public land, but not everybody. We yeah, we, we, we do. We I yeah, mean, absolutely. We but, use
0: our. We go. You know, we usually do our two days on our property. Um, we have another property that we can, a couple other properties that we can shed hunt. Um, but then we find the like. There's a couple of really good spots in along the Mississippi River in Wisconsin um, that are really fun shed hunting spots. That you can find really like world-class deer sheds um and we will absolutely go down and shed hunt those areas um and that is a lot of that is just for fun that's fine in sheds yeah. we're not we, we don't hunt that area we're out there just looking for sheds and you know hanging out with the the guys and gals that we enjoy hanging out with and um it's just a. it's for me it's become a really big camaraderie thing um and i happen to find some deer information out in that that's also that's a huge bonus
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah make sure you get out and put some uh, boots on the ground miles on those feet and looking for that white gold knowledge is power as they say so uh, uh thanks for hanging out with us don't forget to subscribe if there's any topics you want us to discuss please email us at average outdoorsman at gmail.com we'll catch you next time